What's going on, everybody? This is Matt Dixon with the True Wealth Radio Show. And with me in studio today is a guest to the show. Um, this person comes to us with uh, some major business experience, and we wanted to highlight maybe a local um, business leader and kind of get some uh, how would you put this? Maybe some insight as to how they approach finances and maybe allow them to shed some light from a different perspective. Because on this show, I think we're normally kind of talking about uh, ways that as financial advisors, we see the industry, how to invest. But it's nice to sometimes take a break and look through the eyes of a business owner and get their perspective because it can differ from the way that we see things. So with us today in studio. Hey guys, I'm Natalie McFarland, owner of McFarland Productions. Perfect. Natalie, thank you so much for joining the show today. So um, I, you know, happen to know you, um, we, you know, we've been friends for years and um, I've witnessed your, your business, you know, really morph and expand and change over the years and grow into something that's really, really special. And so I wanted to bring you on the air today and give you the opportunity to kind of walk us through, you know, taking something that was at one point nothing and growing that into something pretty substantial. Um, why don't you help these listeners kind of understand a little bit about, you know, McFarland Productions, how that started, where it is today, talk a little bit and set the framework for, um, really what you've done, and then I'm going to just grill you on the show and see if we can't help listeners learn from that a little bit. And even if you're not a business owner, I think there's going to be a lot of really good examples in here that you can take away and use for yourself in your personal investing. So, Natalie, the floor is yours. Kind of talk me through the business and how it all started. Sure. So McFarland Productions is a digital marketing and creative agency. Um, we specialize in the Western agriculture industry exclusively. So that means that our clients are made up of farmers and ranchers and events like major rodeos. Um, we work with nonprofit organizations within the industry and all of the suppliers of that industry, too. So um, where, where it started, I guess, was really trying to find a way to make some money to put myself through college. Um, it really started that far back. Yeah. So I, um, freelanced my way through college, uh, okay. and did photo and video mostly, but I built a few websites and mm -hmm. some, some brand packages. A lot of it was weddings, wasn't it? In the yeah. In, in the beginning. Yeah. I think every person who aspires to be a photographer commercially probably did quite a few weddings in their mm -hmm. history, but the early part of McFarland Productions, for sure, once we officially started in 2014, I think our top year, we did like 42 weddings or something wow. in a year. It was a lot. Um, and then uh, we're able to kind of ex gain the experience and the knowledge and the skill level to be able to move into that commercial space a little bit more. We had done a little bit of it in college, but um, certainly moved into it more after that. Was there like a like a defining moment that you can remember where the business really kind of changed directions and you're like, you know what, I think we're going to pivot and expand into this new role. Uh, you know, I think, I think the dream was always there, but how you get there being, you know, a kid from Roseburg, Oregon, um, and trying to reach major companies across the U S mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it feels like a long reach when you're just getting started, but yeah, there definitely was a turning moment. We, um, started working with, 
a uh, large ranch owner who owns six or seven different ranches across the U.S. now. Um, mm-hmm. He's a Black Angus producer, and we got to run their entire marketing department. Um, and How, basically what we just did... Just kind of networking. Was it one of those moments where you're just in the right place at the right time or, you know... Pulling? Kind of, yeah. We had done some work for one of their ranch managers. So okay. um, kind of more on a personal level and then through their own personal ranch, we had done some work for that them. That whole so. thing about it's really who you know that that can play a huge there's role. nothing better than word of mouth for sure <laughs> yeah yeah um you know i imagine that during those early years there had to be some like initial financial challenges to starting the business right because it takes money to get up and going what were some of the big hurdles for you and mcfarland productions where you were trying to you know get over those initial hurdles and maybe some financial decisions that you made that really actually kind of accelerated the growth early on. Sure. Um, I think probably kind of jokingly, but also sort of seriously, my high school graduation money was kind of the seed money that started McFarland Productions. Yeah. I think I, I think I got like $800 in cash or something like Mm -hmm. that for high school graduation. I bought my first professional camera with that. And so, um, you know, that combined with just a whole lot of work, (laughs) you know, kind of grew it through college. And then, um, we, you know, got regular jobs as mm-hmm. you would out of college. I worked for a, a pre-manufactured engineering company here in the Roseburg area um, and right. was able to save some dollars to start purchasing some better equipment. So would you say it was some weekend work kind of initially? So you're working a regular job, but also pursuing your passion with your free time? Yeah, I was working a full-time job um, from 20. Well, we officially started the company in 2014. I worked full-time for that company here in Roseburg till 2018. Right. Right. Okay. So you, you put in a lot of hours initially. So there was definitely a lot of, um, determination and grit. I would say. Yeah, I think I think there's kind of two ways companies start. They're either already started and you bought it. Mm-hmm. You, I guess there's three ways. Already started and you bought it. You had some money to invest into it initially already from usually some other deal that you had already made in the business world. Right. Or you just sweat equity it. Um, mm-hmm. And we definitely were the sweat equity route. I never took a loan out. I never went into debt of any kind to start my business. So. Right. Um, that takes a lot of patience because I'm sure there was times, you know, during that stretch where you're like, I just want to do this full time. But, you know, there, I feel like there's a lot of patience in starting your own business and knowing when to pull the trigger and say, you know, I'm looking at the numbers, this pencils, I can walk away. Yeah, it might be a risk, but at the same time, you've proven to yourself over a number of years, like in your case, that you were able to um, stay consistent and busy enough to where you thought you had a chance totally. to make it on your own. Yeah, it it certainly was, you know, a lot of hours. I think at one point in time, I was averaging like 110 hours or something Would like that a that week. That was the biggest challenge was just enough time in the day. To, yeah, it's still it. one of the biggest challenges, to be honest. But mm-hmm. yeah, for, for sure, getting started, I think our start was a little slower just because, um, you know, you only have so many hours in right. the day. But so, so outline for me a little bit about, you know, we, we know you started with the photography route and it sounds like now it's more marketing. What are some of the major accolades of the business that you kind of are like, Hey, you know, in the, geez, it's been 10 years now, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. So in the last 10 years, where is McFarland Productions taking you to? And what have been some of the big accomplishments that you've realized during that 10 years? 
Yeah, uh, we've gotten some really incredible opportunities and work for really incredible clients, which I kind of consider my own accolades anyway. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about real, um, you know, kind of award type of stuff, uh, Cowgirl Magazine does a piece every year called Cowgirl 30 Under 30. It's Mm kind of like a Forbes 30 Under 30 kind of feel, but for the Western industry and young cowgirls. Um, we were included in their first inaugural year of that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we've gotten a couple of telly awards for various, um, campaigns that we've done in association with other people. We've gotten to, um, produce a six part series for a large convention that, um, broadcast to like 14 different right. countries. That was like so. a full length, um, documentary, wasn't it? Yeah. There were six 30 minute ones there okay. on that one. That's pretty cool. And I know you've worked with a series of big companies, and I don't know if you want to list those on air or not, but um, there's been some really, really big name companies that you've created some commercials for. And um, Yeah, we've had the good fortune to work with Montana Silversmiths now for right. six, seven, six or seven I years now. at Bimart here yep. locally. They, yep. they just got a display up. Bimart, uh, I think here locally you can get Bimart, Co-op, Coastal, and I think the casino carries it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so a really big brand that you're marketing for. Yeah, and then we've worked with Wrangler and Wrangler Network, Pendleton Whiskey. Um, we've worked with Rock and Roll Denim, Prefert, Cactus Saddlery, uh, mm-hmm. a whole list of them. So yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting a million. <laughs> right, so you've been you know, featured, your work, I guess, has been featured in a lot of different places um, for a lot of big companies. What was that like? I mean, that must have been a pretty powerful experience the first time that you got to that level. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, we were the first publication we ever got was in Cowgirl Magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that was like, oh, shoot, 2015 or something like that. Um, Many moons ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, since then, you know, our first TV commercial was on ESPN during the National Finals Rodeo. That was that Mm -hmm. was a big deal. We've had um, Fox News has played some of our stuff, Newsmax. So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to see it out in the world doing what it should be doing. Have you got to meet some really interesting people along the way that I might know? <laughs> yeah. Um, which rodeo athletes your favorite, Matt? Uh, no, pretty much, you know, we get to work with professional rodeo athletes all the time. We've worked with lots of congressmen and senators. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked with heads of most of the major d- industry companies in, in the Western agriculture industry. So just some really incredible people. That's awesome. Um, well, here in, you know, we're going to go to a break here in maybe a minute or two. But before we do that, um, I want to set the stage for what listeners are going to get when they come back. So, Natalie, I'm going to be grilling you about what you've done with the fruits of your labor, right? Like you work for a reason. You love it. But at the end of the day, you got to make an income. You got to support the family. And so I'm going to ask you some questions kind of relating to how do you invest? How do you build wealth as a small business owner? And then I want you to share some of those tips with our listeners so that we can talk about maybe some different investment strategies and how to be financially stable as a small business owner. So let's do this. Let's run to a break and we get back. We're going to cover all of those topics and more. So stick around. You guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on 93.9 FM and 1240 AM here at KQEN. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. Hi. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Hopefully you're having an awesome Tuesday, and hopefully your stomach is full of delicious tacos because it is Taco Tuesday. Um, if you happened to miss the first part of the show, you can always catch that on our podcast at littlejohnfs.com. Um, we're everywhere. We're on YouTube. This stuff goes to a podcast on Apple's website. I mean, it's everywhere. So if there's a, if there's a station out there, you can probably find it. Um, with me on air today is Natalie McFarland. She is the founder of McFarland Productions. And we kind of talked during the first segment of the show about, uh, what your business does, how successful it's been. Um, we've, we've talked about that, but I really want to transition into what does that mean, you know, monetarily, right? Because you've got different decisions that you can make with your money. You can go a lot of different ways with your earnings. What have you done? Um, and even feel free to talk about, you know, maybe ways that you weren't successful in one aspect where you're like, gosh, dang it. I wish I could play that one back, but maybe some investment strategies that have played a role in you building and kind of preserving your wealth um, personally for the business. Um, just kind of talk to me about that. Sure. Um, I don't know if we talked about this part in the first segment, but Kevin, my husband, is actually part of the company too. So we are entirely self-employed. When did that happen, by the way? 2021, August. Okay. So yeah. it's been a few years. Yeah. Are you tired of him yet? <laughs> I guess I'll keep him around. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're your own business owner and, mm -hmm. and you're your own boss, you kind of make your own benefits too, right? Right. So you gotta, you gotta find ways to make all that happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's even more challenging in today's modern era, right? Because things are different than they used to be. Um, I mean, inflation, right? Like we can't hide behind that. That's been a real struggle for a lot of people. I don't know if you saw it today. Uh, the stock market didn't have a good day um, <laughs> because Jerome Powell was looking at the inflation data and was like, hey, uh, we expected it to not be so bad. And it was the inflation data was like over 3%. And so he's like, well, we thought we might be able to cut rates, but we're not going to. And then the stock market was like, gosh, dang it. Um, <laughs> maybe we got a little bit ahead of ourselves and there's a little bit of a sell off. So that sucked. But, um, yeah, things are, things are tough right now. We've seen inflation get, get pretty bad. So, uh, I know I kind of cut you off, but you were, you were talking about how you've, you know, brought your husband on board. Um, you guys are working together and kind of making your own um, financial decisions. Yeah, I mean, kind of going off what you're saying too about about the market today. I I'm a millennial, so right. I graduated in 2008. That's a real bad time to try to use your college fund, you know. Um, so. <laughs> yes, like you have this huge college fund and it's gone. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> exactly what happened to me about the time the market crashed is when I needed that college fund. But so I feel you like kind of like almost grew again. up without a trust for it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, so, investing scares me a little talk, bit. For talk sure. to me about that a little bit. I think this is really good material to to mention because, you know, you you lived through a really really hard time, and it. I mean, you talked about how you kind of put yourself through school, through working hard, um, and using you know your self employed business skills to try and offset some of the costs of college. And so when you came out of college, were you kind of hesitant to invest? Yeah, definitely. You know how like 
when you sit down at your first career, you know, real career job and then mm-hmm. you, they've got this 401k or IRA, whatever it right. is that they've got offered to you. And you're supposed to like do the little quiz of how you want to invest. I think my investment thing was like, I, I think they like estimated my age at like 55 or something. Right. So you, at you like were 23. Like super, super moderate to low risk as an investor have has that changed for you over the years uh with a lot of uh professional coaching yeah um you know we we work with a a firm here locally a financial firm um who does some of our simple ira investing and manages our retirement Mm -hmm. um as well as works with us on a on a high yield savings account to help us earn some dollars on those dollars that are just sitting in a savings account not doing much right um and and they certainly had to talk me into being more of a Oh, almost 34 year old now rather than, uh, than looking like I'm a 50 year old out there in the investment community. Um, yeah, it's really, really crazy. And I encourage anyone who's listening to just find a simple investment calculator. Surprisingly, um, Ramsey's website has a investment calculator and it's my favorite one to use because it's super simple. Um, but you go in there and you look at someone who's young like yourself and contributing to a retirement account or something. And, um, it's crazy to play around with what 5% does over the course of your lifetime as an average return versus 10%, right? Like it, it really makes a huge difference. And so, um, that's kind of cool that you were able to share that with us, how, yeah, I'm a huge, like, I kind of want to know what it probably will look like in mm-hmm. the future kind of person. So, yeah. like, I want to be able to run the numbers. So having a financial advisor that can go through those with me mm-hmm. and, and, like, really make that make sense for me. I mean, there's nothing that's guaranteed, right? right. Well, the bottom could fall out or we could have some crazy things, you know, go very right. well. But if you kind of have the guess based on what what normal is what normal um, is and length of time that's yeah, another one that totally. a lot of people really overlook right because if you're in your 30s you have a lot of market cycles to go through mm-hmm. um and so it time is a really really big piece that i think a lot of people don't understand right like if your account now drops 30 percent you still have another 30 years to make that up. Whereas someone who's just getting ready to retire, that's a whole different story. Um, so I think you brought up a really good point. And one of the other things I just heard you mention was um, high yield savings. Talk to me a little bit about um, how that applies for you, like in a business situation. Yeah. So every business owner, you know, always strives to have enough in savings that they can mm-hmm. run quite a while if, if, the world collapsed, you know, they could keep keep the thing together. Yeah. Yeah. Keep some really healthy margins in there. And and we certainly were fortunate enough to be able to do that. So we had kind of a a stockpile, um, in -hmm. our savings account that, um, you know, we kind of got tired of it, barely doing anything. Um, they're just sitting in a regular savings account. So, we talked with our financial advisor about that, um, high interest savings account. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, doing better keeping uh, keeping up with inflation a little bit better anyway yeah it it's difficult times have changed you know what you were able to get in your high yield savings might not have been an opportunity five six years ago when interest rates were almost nothing right like you could finance a house at two point something percent things are much much different today than they were just a few years ago and so being able to adapt to the times like you're talking about, I think is a huge point 
that people need to kind of really retain and think about. Uh, you got to be you got to be flexible. I think the other thing with that high interest savings account that we like so much mm -hmm. is that like it's it's not like a CD or something that like ties up your money so hard that you can't get to it. Oh. You know, if you really need it, if mm -hmm. the business needs it, we need to invest in some equipment or right. or hiring a new person or we're going to do a new benefit or whatever the mm -hmm. thing is. If we need if we just need the cash, we can get it right now. Right. Well, that's, I like that. Liquidity is a big thing. A lot of people don't understand it, but I think the way that you described it is perfect. Like if you need access to it for a business expense, you know that it's there, that it's available. Um, and that's, I guess, one of the perks, like you said, of working with a financial professional is knowing what your options are, because what is right for you might not be what's right for someone else. But you've gotten into this space where you're finding the things that work for you, work for your business, and then allow your business to make more. Um, so that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, all of these things, we started off part of this segment talking about how time was a limitation. Mm -hmm. um, it's still a limitation. Right. And one of the ways that we overcome that is through the simple IRA, you mm -hmm. know, building some money, some, you know, equity there for right. our retirement, but also that high interest savings, both of those together. Do a little bit of work that we don't otherwise have time right. for. I think that's something that a lot of people don't always key on, key in on is, is paying your future self. I see a lot of people, um, maybe business owners like yourself that just, they might earn a lot from it, but they spend everything that they make and they aren't thinking about the future. And it's, it's a problem because what happens if you get hurt and can't show up for work? What are you going to do now? Right. Like people assume that they can never be homeless, but you're a few bad mistakes away or injury away from being in a really bad spot. Um, what if you need a new roof and your main water supply to your house breaks in the same month and your kid breaks their leg and is in the hospital? Like there are so many financial things that can go wrong that you really don't want to have to rely on yourself. You need to be able to have kind of that nest egg um, in case a rainy day comes by. Yeah. And, you know, even compounding on that too, with Kevin and I both being the owners and both working solely in the business, right? something happens down. to one of us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's bad news. Well, for and one if of something us. really tragic happens with the business, you're both depending on the income yeah. from that business. And so it makes it even more paramount in your situation to be insulated um, from hard times. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Like maybe some approaches that you guys have had where you've kind of diversified the business in a way that ensures that you're financially stable? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, the business, if we we're talking way back in 2013, 14, mm -hmm. in the very new stages of the business when we we're doing mostly weddings at the time, you know, mostly photo photography and videography for weddings, mm -hmm. man, that's a tough sell. You know, you're talking about a, a of course, people are going to get married every year, right. but they're only going to do it one time, hopefully, right? So <laughs> you're always prospecting the next person. You're not really getting the repeat. Clients. Yeah, it was a constant selling problem, right? Oh, you had to constantly tell people that, that way, they yeah. must sell or that they have to buy you and, right. and that's not really super sustainable it's actually mm -hmm. pretty exhausting and if you right. let up it lets up right so one of the things that we did you know was both a dream in the beginning but 
um, as it kind of grew and expanded was being able to bring in key players to let us do more than just photo video, right? right. So we do st full strategy. So there's companies that were their entire marketing department. They don't have internal marketing. They have us. Um, mm -hmm. We still do photo and video, but only on the commercial space. We don't actually do weddings anymore unless yeah. you're a really good friend or close family yeah. member or something like that. But um, yeah, we do email marketing, social media marketing, um, you know, SEO, ad spend. So we're diversified enough across that digital space that, right, that you're getting your stuff in front of enough eyeballs to where you know, you're using different distribution channels to reach your customers. And yeah. by doing that and being able to have repeat customers instead of one offs. You're really diversified. It makes us flexible too. You know, 2020 was rough. Um, March 13th or whatever it was when the state shut down, mm -hmm. we had 11 events in the state of Oregon scheduled that we were to do marketing services for. And on March 14th, we lost all 11 of those contracts. So COVID just brought everything to a, to a, a halt. screeching halt. So yeah. when something like that happens, what do you have to do? You die and roll over or you find a way to pivot. And mm -hmm. so diversifying our services and our skill set and having the right people in the right places, that's mm -hmm. that's what made it work for us. And and honestly, I mean, could we have done both what we ended up doing in 2020 and what we had scheduled in 2020? Probably. Right. But if you just compare to what we had projected in 2020 on March 13th and then what we ended up doing on mm -hmm. at the end of 2020 we actually ended up ahead wow um, of the of what we had projected that's crazy that's crazy well let's do this let's take an obscene profit break and when we get back I'm gonna grill you a little bit more because now my interest is peaked I want to talk to you and get maybe some tips on how you can navigate those challenging times with a little bit more detail so let's do this. Let's go to a break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into this a little bit more. So stick around. You guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on 93.9 and 1240 KQN. I'm Matt Dixon. And Natalie McFarland. All right. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the best Tuesday you've had all week with the True Wealth team, except we're missing some people today. David isn't here, but that's okay because I replaced him with an awesome local business owner, Natalie McFarland, founder of McFarland Productions, who I have been asking a ton of questions to today because what we're trying to do today on the show is talk about ways that you can grow a business, especially when times are weird, right? Like your business isn't exactly new. You've been around for 10 years now, which that seems crazy. Um, but recently you have, I'm sure, felt the, the pains of strange times, runaway inflation, real estate is expensive, labor costs are high. So Natalie, Walk me through maybe how you have navigated these kind of uncharted waters and pass along some some applicable knowledge to our listeners on how they might be able to deal with that if they're a business owner as well. Yeah, um, you know, inflation is is 
always the enemy of, of the Western and agriculture industry, for sure. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, the input costs, farmers and ranchers are the only ones that buy at retail and sell at wholesale. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they they get the brunt of it and they get it quick and it, and it sticks around for a while. So inflation's a big deal in mm-hmm. our industry and, and us focusing solely on, on the Western and, and um, ag industry we certainly feel those impacts too. So it does get weird. Um, but we, we have found that if we're really here and our number one interest is to make sure that our clients are served first and that we're doing everything that we can do to make sure that they are winning, it's mm-hmm. not about us. It's about them. We're not here to be famous. We're here to make our clients famous. So, right. um, if we're, if we're working and we're strategizing and we're pushing all the dollars and helping with these budgets that, um, we're pushing it to the highest potential earnings, you know, right. where the client can do the best. We basically future proof ourselves by future proofing our clients. Right. Because if they're going to make more money and it more than pays for your services, it really doesn't matter what the market looks like because you're a value add to them. Yeah, definitely. Marketing should never necess- should never be a cost. It should be an investment. If you're not right. making money on your marketing, your marketing's not doing well. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um so maybe maybe touch on with a little bit more detail on that. I mean, labor costs are up, right? Like your everything's more expensive for you. How have you managed that personally as the CEO of the business? Yeah, labor costs have gone up and it's mostly because, you know, cost of living has gone up. So people need to be paid more and deserve to be paid more. And and Mm -hmm. we want to pay even more than we get to pay now. Um, But I think the number one thing that we've done is just being smart about how much can we really do? You know, how yeah. much can the how much can the company really survive through as Keeping far as your a margins raise? healthy so that if you have to pay people more, right? Like you said it, they deserve more money because their expenses have gone up too. So maybe just adjusting margins that were already healthy to stay healthy, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're certainly, you know, when it's a tougher time, like, you know, I feel like in the last six months, it feels worse than the previous six months Mm -hmm. to me. But, um, you know, I think when we're going through harder times, we take a little bit smaller margin as long as we can. Um, And then, you know, we'll slowly work our pricing up. Um, I think every business owner ends up doing that. Um, But uh, it's also my opinion that it's my business, so it's my risk. Mm -hmm. So my employees aren't going to pay for aren't going to pay for, you know, the risk of the business. That's Mm -hmm. my my job. So if I need to take, you know, you know, take a little less or or not pay myself as well Mm -hmm. or delay some things or whatever it is, um, you know, we certainly do that. We also work with a CPA um, who helps us a lot through the whole tax navigation thing. I feel like yeah. we spend half our year working on taxes, but, um, you know, working on some of those write-offs and making sure that we're doing it right and and we're using the dollars to the best of their ability, that's, that's really what we're after. Can you think of any examples where, you know, you've maybe did like some strategic financial planning that's allowed the business to expand or just any type of any type of thing that you've done where it's really benefited the business and allowed things to grow? 
Yeah, I think um, I think one thing that a lot of business owners fall in the trap of is they don't project their own income. They just yeah. like they just have like this guess of what they think that they're going to make that year, but they don't have anything on paper. They haven't calculated anything down. They're not really watching what their margins are doing. So we have very extensive tracking as far as our projections go. I know what we're going to be doing in 2024 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that'll not, that number will shift between sure. now and the end of the year for sure. I don't have every single thing scheduled on there, but I'm pretty confident to say that we're still going to see growth this year. You know, if we yeah. see less than 20% growth, I'll be really surprised because we're working this year for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I don't know what this year is going to look like, how the heck am I going to make sure that next year is going to look good? So yeah, projections, um, and understanding when the money is coming in, how the money is coming in, where it's coming from, that allows you a lot of cash flow information that, that you can yeah. make decisions like benefits, like adding IRAs for our employees, which I think we started two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being able to do some of those benefits things for employees and being able to manage that against, do we really mm-hmm. have the dollars to do it? Right. And I think on the flip side of that too, is kind of that expense management piece where you're reviewing to see, are there some expenses in different areas where you can kind of save some costs? Um, and then maybe even negotiating with people. I think a lot of people, you know, just assume that the price is the price and they forget the power of negotiation. <laughs> you are the ultimate negotiator. My <laughs> We've been friends for a really long time and I've yep. seen this man negotiate his way in out of some things that I've been impressed. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I loved and I remember someone told me once, this was like way, way back in the day before I ever bought a house. They're like, never forget you can even negotiate your mortgage rate. And I'm like, what? No way. Like even that's negotiable. And they're like, yeah, you know, you can negotiate that. And so, um, I think that, you know, especially when you're a small business owner, um, you got to, right. You gotta, you gotta look at where the value is and what's your return on investment because, just because you can spend more doesn't mean you're going to make more. And so you talked about it. You got to kind of set a budget and um, look at your expenses, manage that. And um, I don't know. I, I think some of the things, too, that are kind of unique to our business that kind of make that negotiating thing <laughs> hopeful, you know, um, and trying to see where you can you can kind of reap some rewards of repeat business for various companies is one of our major expenses is travel. I don't remember what the percentage is, but it's, it's, it's significant. It's like 25% or something like that of our costs going out every year is travel because we work in all 50 states. So fuel costs rising really did hurt the business. Oh yeah. Fuel airlines, airlines are really unpredictable as far as what their, their ticketing is going to be. So you to a point where you kind of ask for businesses to pick up that portion so that it's not Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so all of those, all of those, uh, travel fees is what we call them internally are Mm -hmm. billed to the client, but we're still trying to keep those down as much as possible because that can be a make it or break it for some of our clients, you know, where our services were maybe affordable. If we start calculating in the travel fee, like, Mm -hmm. holy cow, you know, like that's going to be a lot. So we do things like work with like one particular airline. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I am a super fan of Southwest Airlines. So, um, they've got one of the best rapid rewards programs of any of them out there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if statistically they are the best, but But they sure feel like it. yeah. Yeah. They're reliable. They get me there on time. I don't have trouble with bags. I take gear on board. It's Mm -hmm. big deal that they never take my bag from me. Um, but they have 
have expanded their network of where they fly out of, mm-hmm. um, which is a big deal for us because it saves a lot of money and time, um, which right. saves our clients a lot of money and time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also working with them, we through that rapid rewards program, we usually get deals on things like rental cars and like we get some perks there from those companies because we mm-hmm. work with them consistently that it ends up helping us save on travel, which in turn helps our clients save. So I fly enough that we earned a companion pass with Southwest. Right. Okay. That means Kevin is usually my companion. I get his name. I think I can change it three times a year or something like that. So how does that work? So um, Kevin gets to fly with me mm-hmm. for free plus taxes, which is usually like $5 or something oh, like that okay. per flight. So it really cuts down on your travel expenses. Yeah. So if we can if we can cut out an entire person's worth of airfare, right. that's a huge chunk for our client. So, right. And that allows you to really expand because one person's ability to manage maybe some of the videography versus having a second person on site where we can edit faster or get stuff moving. Yeah. That that allows the business to expand. A big portion of our jobs are not a one-man job on the road, although we do a lot of them that way. Um, and then try to, behind the scenes, you've got... Behind the people. scenes, we've got some remote linkage and stuff like that. We've got employees spread out all over the U.S. So here in Oregon, Texas, um, Virginia, Florida, California, we've mm-hmm. got employees and or contractors kind of everywhere. Um, yeah. And then I'm on the road. I could be anywhere in any given time zone and having any given time. So yeah. in in like being able to set up some of those connections remotely mm-hmm. um, and being able to get data back and forth quickly, that saved us a lot of dollars, too, nice. um, because you know, until we had nice servers, you had to snail mail every bit of bit of video in a <laughs> drive. The you know, right that gets expensive. The right equipment, the right people, and the right technology. Yeah, <laughs> the right people is huge. Yes. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we got to take our last obscene topic. But uh, when we get back, we're gonna tie this thing up and talk about ways that uh, maybe you can manage your business better or how this applies in other other areas. So I'm not going to give it away yet. So stay tuned. But you guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on 93, 93.9 and 1240KQ. All right, everybody, welcome back to the last leg of the True Wealth Radio Show, where we just happen to save the best content for last. So thank you for sticking around. Natalie is in studio with me today, the founder of McFarland Productions. And, you know, we left off at the break. We were kind of talking about just growing the business, some financial planning stuff. Uh, maybe talk to me in this last segment quickly about um, maybe how do you safeguard your business and its financial health a little bit? Do you do you have any ideas for us on that? Yeah, um, I think it kind of goes back to that financial planning earlier rather than later, right? Understanding your projections and where that company is going to go in that year and being mm-hmm. able to make smart decisions is is you know, really the key, but secondarily having good partners, CPAs Mm -hmm. and financial advisors that are working with things like retirement and your taxes and, and, you know, our high interest yield savings account (laughs) thing that having good partners on the financial sphere will help you a lot um, in business growth and and safeguarding your future too. Mm -hmm. What do do you say to the person who's like, you know what, Uh, I need you to lower your prices and like, how do you how do you assess like when it's time to, you know, do, I mean, I think part of it is you just don't want to undersell your value. You know what I mean? Because there's always going to be someone that wants something for cheaper. But the struggle is as a business owner, 
knowing what you're worth and then not underselling yourself because you only have so many hours in the day. And so like we have our fees, right? And they are what they are for a reason because, you know, at the end of the day, we've got kids to feed. What, how do you, what do you say to the business owner who's struggling with that? You know, I think it's a problem with any small business, really. And all of them struggle to, to maybe not undersell themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You can really screw yourself up that way. But the marketing world, photographers, videographers, any of the pieces of marketing or marketers in general have a really hard time with that because we're service based, you mm-hmm. know, so. It's really basically like, what are, what do you think you're worth? Right. But there should be more to it than that. There should be some kind of financial breakdown that has made you understand why you're charging the fees that you're charging. If you're just making up a number, you're not doing it right. Right. Like we've picked our numbers because, because that's what we have to make in order to make it work for us. Right. right? And it's based on a lot of statistics. It's not based on, I felt like charging that much. Yeah. 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 Thank you for saying that because I think that's a misunderstanding standing for a lot of people. It's like, I'm going to start a business and I'm just going to charge this. Well, it's like, you kind of have to know why you're charging what you're charging. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm, I think there's a lot of people in various industries, but I've seen it a lot in, you know, specifically like the photographer, videographer industry mm-hmm. is these new people coming in and they're like, gosh, how do I figure out how to charge for this? Right. right. And then everybody holds their cards so close to their chest that, people are like guessing, right? And then you end up with $50 wedding photographers. Well, you're not making money at $50 for an entire day's worth of a wedding. A wedding takes you a hundred hours. So I don't know what you're making, but I think you're paying them. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But understanding why you're charging what you're charging will absolutely force you not to undersell yourself because you get it. You know why you're charging that. You're not making it up. So if you can figure out how to calculate that, I, yeah. I, there's lots of different guides out there for that. But having a mentor that can help you with that, too, yeah. that's a huge thing. So, I mean, in owning your own business, you've already kind of talked about it. There's a lot of hours that go into it. So talk, talk to me like there's a stress management piece that I think is also really crucial. Name some ways that you've found that have been successful in trying to navigate the hours and the stress that go into this. Yeah, business owners, I think all of them just have a problem with stress. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to burn out. Yeah. yeah, in any kind of field, but a creative field, it can be super detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can you can run out of ideas in the right. creative field, and so taking care of yourself, managing stress is is a is a big thing. Um, for me, it's being able to do things that I love. It's mm-hmm. being able to move my body. For for a while a day, right. you know, or a week. Um, so we, we got to get out of the chair. You have to move. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're sitting at a desk, like dear goodness, get outside. We, we require <laughs> sunlight. Yes, absolutely. I am a complicated plant as they say on social media. <laughs> so I require, I require some, some sunshine in my life in order to be a happy person. So, right. um, you know, we don't, we don't do it often, but we certainly plan out and save up to be able to go on vacation. Um, sometimes and really being gone, like don't kind of be gone. Don't sort of be available. Now you're gone doing your email while you're on vacation. Yeah. Unless the sky is falling and the business is about to implode. Yeah. And that goes for employees and business owners. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're on vacation, you're on vacation, let them be. You You know, know, I've seen a lot of people 
struggle where they don't have a hobby, right? Like work is their hobby. You have to have interests outside of work, right? Are you talking like, about me right now? Yeah. Well, I know you, <laughs> I know you like to fly. That's a hobby of yours. Yeah. And yeah. so that's probably been a nice thing where you're able to uh, separate work um, and go fly a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Flying is is been a huge dream of mine. My my dad was a pilot. My mom was a pilot. My grandfather was a pilot. So it's kind of a generational thing. And mm -hmm. we're working on actually purchasing my family's plane so that we can kind of continue going with that. But flying is a huge thing. And, and I think what's so great about it is it's totally different than anything that I do on the day to day. Right. right? And it's so busy. Every minute of that traffic pattern or, yeah. or whatever it is, is so busy. I don't have time to think about work while I'm in the air. You've got so, your flying, your husband's got his fishing, you've got things <laughs> that that are outlets outside of work, and that's awesome. So, um, Natalie, you've kind of walked us through a lot of different things um, relating to what it is that you do, and um, what if someone, and this is me kind of giving you a, a chance to open up the business for maybe more business, but... You do a lot of marketing stuff. It, I know it's specific mainly to that Western agricultural field. Um, get, I'm going to give you a minute here to just kind of open it up to where how do people get a hold of you if, if they need maybe one of those services? Yeah, so McCrone Productions, again, is a digital marketing strategy and creative marketing company. Mm -hmm. um, we're, you know, available at our website, com. We've got social media everywhere you can think of because we're marketers. Why wouldn't we? Right. Um, and it's all, you know, really easy to find because it's all McFarland Productions is the handle no matter where you go. So mm -hmm. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook are the main ones, of course. Um, and, you know, we've got YouTube and Vimeo and all the, the list goes on for a mile. We like to try the new so ones so you can, can probably find us there too work before um inquiring yeah Please. definitely um you can also find us you know in various publications and things like that too but um yeah i think the best way to get a hold of us is just mcfarlandproductions.com all of our contact information is on there okay and if by chance you need a financial advisor or someone to even just look over your finances and say hey, yeah, this looks good, or maybe you might be able to do this a little bit differently, we'd love to take a look for you. Uh, we do a lot of different stuff, whether it's you know a personal savings account, uh, rolling over a workplace retirement plan, building a financial plan. If, if it involves your finances, we can probably either do it for you or point you in a direction where you can get some help. We can't do everything, but we can do a lot. Um, so... 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, um, I know that we're running out of time here and we need to wrap this show up. So big shout out to all of our listeners who support the True Wealth Radio Show by tuning in every Tuesday. Uh, we want to thank you for that and we're going to let you go. But have a great rest of your Tuesday and we look forward to chatting with you again next week. So if you need to contact us, it's 541-375-0898 or shoot us an email at info at littlejohnfs.com.